Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Jordan here with today's podcast with my guest, Chrissy, and really talking about copywriting and language around brand for food and beverage companies. So Chrissy, welcome. I'd love for you to just give a quick introduction of yourself. Thanks for having me on, Jordan. Happy to be here. I uh, am a food and beverage copywriter. So I write words for food and beverage brands. (laughs) Brands that are in the DTC, direct to consumer uh, space, uh, copy for websites, for packaging, emails, you name it, marketing materials. Brands need to produce a lot of copy in the lifespan of business. So that's what I'm here for is to help brands hone their messaging and really be clear and have fun with their branding and bring their brand to life through, yeah, content, content, online content. So that's what I love to do. So here's what I find interesting about copywriting. It's actually the same problem that the food industry has in general. So as a founder, you're making a food or a beverage and it's unique um, to what you want to bring into the world. But when you ask people for like thoughts and advice, everyone has an opinion because everyone eats food. Right. Right. Like no one in the world does not eat food. And so everyone has an opinion on what you're eating and what you're doing and if it's right or if it's wrong. And I find that similar with copywriting where everyone can write generally and or for the most part. And so everyone has an opinion like, oh, this is what you should do. This is how you should write. This is what your copy should look like. And what it does is create like a really confusing world. Whereas like a founder, you think like, oh, I know my brand best. I can just right language but there's like a missing gap in Mm. terms of what language is actually effective for driving customers or people to your brand and i think that's where there's a lot of um opportunity to like really understand how language works as it comes to like branding so um there's kind of a lot there but i (laughs) you know do, do you kind of see that happening where founders can either like, oh, I write, a, you know, I write my website copy. I write my packaging copy. It's great. Um, like, and you see areas of improvement. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Of course. And I mean, I would never want to judge or shame a founder for, you know, any copy that they produce. I, I just, I really do bow down to folks that start any kind of food and beverage brand because it is such a feat. There are a million one things to do every day, all the time, one of which is copy. And it is its own specialty. And so, yeah. So what you need to do is give it the same care that you would give to getting into retail or, you know, finding your co-packer or doing any kind of ads. Like it does require some, some love and, and when you know it's working is when you get conversions, right? That's the end result. Of course, is that you want to be, like you said, getting people into, getting eyes on your brand and remembering your brand. One of the things I like to say is that you want to have a sticky brand. So you want the copy that you write to actually be memorable in your customer's mind, which means that you have to actually yeah, put some energy into the copy. And the kind of rubric that I like to use is that you want your copy to be clear. Obviously, you never want to confuse people. If you confuse, you lose. So if you have a gluten-free pancake mix, 
when I get on your website within five seconds, I need to know it's a gluten-free pancake mix, right? That needs to be at the top. We don't want to get so clever that we're obfuscating. I can say that one right. <laughs> the, yep. the prime message we need to know, like from the get, exactly what you're doing. But we want to, do, we do want to say that in you know a creative way if we can to stand out and be that sticky brand. And then you also want to get into your customers' minds. Like you want to know, like how is my customer going to respond to this? How how are they going to receive this? Um, I'm a big fan of Donald Miller who wrote the book Story Brand. He's always talking about you actually want to make your customer the hero of your brand. It's very easy for food and beverage uh, founders to say like, okay, I had this problem. I created this product. It solved this need. And now I'm sharing it with the world. Ta-da, here it is. Let's go. You know, it's here for you. But that means the founder is the hero of the brand. What about the customer who maybe is having the same issue of needing a gluten-free pancake mix or whatever it is, right? So making our copy about inviting the customer into this brand's space, journey, experience, that's what we need to do. And, um, and then lastly, so we want to be clear, we want to get into the customer's mind and we want to, we want to have fun. We do want to stand out. Um, you know, how many times have you seen uh, a package or website or really anything around a brand talk about flavor and saying like, oh, we're flavorful. Well, that kind of doesn't mean anything, right? Like, because you've seen it and yeah. heard it so many times, it's like, what the hell does flavorful mean? Because it's an overused word and it's lost its meaning. So um, a brand that I recently worked with, a uh, fabulous brand, uh, you know, the owner of Shivani, uh, Little Gourmets. She's a um, amazing founder and she's got a baby food company and it's Little Gourmets. They make fresh not shelf stable refrigerated baby food that's made of veggies and spices and they use real chefs to make the recipes and it's it's legit and it's it's very unique it's a really cool original their beef, product their beet meal is so good that i just eat it on my own right <laughs> <laughs> i know right so actually that leads us to she was writing her own copy like you're talking about like she was like okay you know getting it out there and she was like it just needs a little more personality it needs to convey the our our words you can convey the amazingness of this brand and it's not doing that so let's give some extra love and attention to the copy and make it sticky and attractive to who our buyer is so you and me who have young kids you've got a two-year-old i've got a 11 month old and um and so how do you communicate that to the parent the buyer and so we came up with some taglines and instead of saying, oh, this is flavorful baby food because yawn, okay, moving on, it's, it's veggie centric and it's delicious. So we came up with it's veggie-licious. So we basically made up a oh, word. Oh, that's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Made up a word and now you get it. It's compact and you can put that on the, the website. You can put it on the label itself, the packaging itself. You can put it in an email, social, wherever, but it's a very, you get it immediately. It's healthy and it's flavorful without saying it's healthy and it's flavorful, which is the most boring thing ever. So that kind of thing is like, it's so great if, if a founder can say like, what's my main USP, unique selling proposition, and how can I own the way I talk about it? So it's like, you're owning this recipe. This is your original recipe, one of a kind, trademark it. How do you own the words that you use to describe it and make that part of your brand? So another one more line we came up with for Lil Gourmets was, baby food's so good you'll wish you were a baby 
So, <laughs> right, just like you said, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to just go ahead and eat this because it's so yummy and sorry, I'm going to elbow out my daughter aside here because <laughs> I need to finish these sweets. So that kind of, you know, playfulness. In her case, she wanted a playful brand. Not every brand is going to want to be playful and, you know, have that tone, but whatever your tone is, let's, you know, really give some thought to, well, how do you, how do you communicate the essence of that brand in a way that's different? That's not what all other 10 of your competitors are doing. Um, so it is a good exercise for brands if they haven't kind of really looked at the competition to do a, you know, a competitive analysis and just do a simple spreadsheet or doc and say like, what's everyone else saying? What are the keywords that everyone's using? And you're probably gonna have some keywords that you need to use for SEO, but what are the, the descriptors? And is everybody saying healthy and delicious? Because if everyone's saying healthy and delicious, I kind of want to stand out and be different, right? And own my own copy and messaging and be that sticky brand memorable and different. Chrissy, so many amazing points there. And I love how you break that down between, you know, being clear, get into your customer's mind and having fun and standing out. And all these things that sound so simple when you say them, I guarantee you, like most brands are not doing all three if yeah. they're doing like one or two. And I see this all the time. I just saw a product yesterday and I think it was like an ad on Facebook. And I was like, I have absolutely no idea what this thing is. Oh. And it had like the brand name and some like um, interesting, like or clever, like yeah. phrasing around it. And I just like, I, because I was just interested in like what it actually was, I finally like clicked on it. But if I was a normal consumer, like I would not have because I had no idea what it is. And I think clever is the enemy of good. Like when you have to think about how it's funny or how it makes sense, like it's too right. far. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, if you're getting confused, you're losing. Yeah. Confused, you lose. True. It's like, no, ain't nobody got time for that. Right. Like it, it yeah. really is this sort of like five second thing of, I mean, we're all scanning and skimming and we're hardly reading, right? Like how much time do you actually spend deeply reading with sort of this deep work focus when you're online or even in the grocery store? No, you're looking for those high, those headlines, those high level things. And you're, you're seeing what's going to be a scroll stopper, what's going to actually stop you in the aisle. And it's going to cause you to pause. Like that's what we're looking for is things that are going to grab your attention that you get so quickly and immediately. The thing that I learned like early, early <clears throat> in my career of kind of CPG marketing is right. Like I always thought you want to create a product that was like super unique and mm. out there because you could, it was defensible if no one else could make it. But when you think about like people who buy things or think about yourself, like everyone is already in the market, like looking for things. Like if you're a coffee drinker, you like coffee and you're going to be have an eye out for coffee. Right. If you don't like kombucha, like it's, it doesn't matter that <laughs> how clever the brand is, like you're just not going to be attracted to any kombucha brand. And so first and foremost, people need to understand like what you are and that you fit into their consideration set. And then, like you say, like get into the minds of the company, of the customer, understand like, all right, now that you get it, coffee or now you get baby food, what's going to resonate with them so that you stand out and they can see themselves reflected in your product. Right. And I think that's so important of like for everything from the imaging imagery to the copy. Absolutely. Yeah. And also something that, you know, we need to think about is like <clears throat> for brands that have a, you know, functional or better for you component, which is obviously super popular. A lot of brands, both you and I work with are in that space, right. Is like, let's not create just another, um, 
uh, you know, soda or beverage, let's make one that's actually good for you. If that's part of your consideration or part of your USP, like we want to take people on the journey of like, well, what is it like to go through the transformation of consuming this product, right? So that needs to be part of the branding and content as well. So another brand that I worked with um, recently, um, you know, these guys, the Sunny Boys, Sunny Culture is this amazing Florida-based uh, probiotic drink company. And they, they, again, they have a very fun vibe. They're, they're really, you know, these upbeat, positive, love and life um, guys who've been friends since tennis camp at 12 years old. And they created this probiotic drink. It's not kombucha. It's something that's a lot smoother than kombucha. They both had gut issues and they're like, okay, we don't really like the bite and acid vinegariness of kombucha. What can we do to soothe our guts? And you know, get rid of indigestion and bloating and gas and all these really common ailments. <clears throat> so they created this fermented beverage with water kefir and it's lovely. It's so good. And they've got shots and they've got drinks. The drinks are the bigger, you know, 16 ounces. And they were like, we need to, we kind of want to communicate like this is a healthy beverage and like, what's the, what's the end result? Like you've got this issue and let's like treat your gut well and help you solve that. And so what they wanted to do was create some clever messaging that, that was not so like, let's educate you on your my, your gut microbiome and, you know, <laughs> um, intestinal health. Like that's not what they wanted to do. They wanted Who doesn't to- love to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you look at a lot of kombucha websites and that's what you're going to get. So they, you know, they wanted to have fun with it, but also hint at like, Hey, this is actually a good for you thing. And this is what it's for, right? Like this is what it's for, but let's have fun. So, I mean, the first thing that they they did in their recent label redesign was they they did keep this head this um, tagline on the front of the label to speak to like we like to have fun. So the ta- the label on the front or the tagline on the front of the label says, "Best tasting drink according to our moms." So, <laughs> <laughs> what I love about that actually is that yes, it's funny. So you just know from the get these are, these guys like to have fun. But it also hints at the fact that they are a family-owned business, that they're saying that this is our moms, our families are involved, this is an intimate affair. Um, So there's some relationship happening here, which I love. So that's like a very clever way of saying like, this is flavorful, but again, having fun with it, not saying like most flavorful drink. Um, I know. And I talked to Patrick too about that because they're creating a product that's relatively new to market and consumers don't have the language to talk about it. And, you know, that's the other thing that's so crucial is like, how do you give consumers the language to easily describe your product? Right. Because someone like I, I drink Sunny culture and it's great, but you're right. Like it's hard to describe. It's like, Oh, it's, uh, you know, probiotics, water kefir and people, their eyes glaze over there. Like I have no idea what any of those words mean. And so you have to like find out how do you give your customers the language to easily describe it in a way that then they could communicate it to someone else. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's like, you want to kind of feed people, these little bits, these taglines that are repeatable and they just get in your head. Think about, you know, if you ever encounter a new brand and you understand it immediately and you find yourself talking about it, like that's a successful, you know, branding, uh, that you just encounter because you, they made it easy for you. We want to make it easier for people to understand and then share and buy and obviously become loyal customers and subscribe and all, you know, the rest. So and what I like about that, where you're kind of like doing it the sunny culture size, right? Like you're 
some brands might go like very educational and try to like train people on gut health and the benefits, but then that still gets really technical. But by saying things around just like how it's a, it's a, you know, ferment drink that's good to your stomach. Yeah. or something like that, where it's like really simple. Someone can explain it. You might not need to know all the technical things right. that's a water keeper, but just like what it is and what problem it helps solve, then that's easy for people to communicate. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we did on the back of the label, which I was going to read for you, if that's okay. It's a, uh, it's, it is a little, probably a little bit more copy than you'll find on, you know, a lot of products, but again, because it is a new product we want to sort of just orient people to like what is this and it might get shorter in the future but we did sort of want to do some storytelling too so this is what we wrote for the back of the bottle for the sunny culture 16 ounce drinks um it says we'd love to live in a world with no upset stomachs just sunshine and unicorns but real talk sometimes your belly needs a boost so we made the perfect probiotic drink to refresh your gut so you can get out and stretch this fermented water kefir is one smooth operator, no dairy or vinegar bite, just the friendliest sparkling beverage ever. We're family owned, hand bottled and made with a whole lot of Florida love. Patrick and Randy, the Sunny Boys. So sort of a mini, you know, origin story, mission statement wrapped into <laughs> to one little sort of blurb there. Um, but we're really trying to get at, like, this is what it's for. This is who we are. We're having fun. Welcome to our brand. I absolutely love that. And it's so just like visually dis, uh, descriptive and stimulating. Yeah. And I, I think that like super stands out. And actually, as you wrote that, it reminds me of a, like I could see it as a commercial. Um, are you familiar with the Harmon Brothers? They're like a video creative studio. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. Does yeah. a lot of ads, right? And they, for those who don't know, they did the ads for like Squatty Potty and Poopery and Purple Mattress, those like fun, creative, um, hilarious ads that like have insanely high watch through rates. Yep. And the language of that, like I could just imagine that style of like commercial or advertisement talking totally. about this. They like to wear these like sun suits, Patrick and Randy, the founders do. So they could be bopping around in their sun suits, you know, hitting out shots, <laughs> making everyone's day. <laughs> and that's like, that's, like, that's so memorable. And I think, you know, I was just reading um, Nick Sharma, who does a lot of writing about D2C brands. He was just mentioning how like, in this day and age, there's tons of products that you can buy online. And so having a good product isn't enough it's all about creating a brand and that happens in everything from like visuals to your copy and like you need that that messaging to be memorable so that people can remember you and your company and buy exactly yeah and it's sort of like you need to behave like a human I think a lot of branding becomes so sterile and one-dimensional and actually the most successful brands are like they basically are designed to be like a human personality, right? Like this is a human, this, this, this particular human, this particular brand has these quirks and talks like this and has these preferences. And the more you can flesh out the brand to be full of personality and the personality that your customer connects to the, the, the desires and the main goals that your customer connects to, the more successful you'll be at being unique and standing out and being memorable and sticky. What's your perspective on customer research during the copy process? Yeah, for me, 
one of the things that I love to do and that every copywriter should do is do a deep dive into reviews, reviews of competitors, reviews of, you know, current sales. That is magic. It's such gold to go in and see like, oh, this is what people are looking for. This is why they didn't like this product or why they did for competitors and also for your own. If you're new, definitely into your competitor's research because it's people being so honest and transparent. If you go on Amazon or any site where you're seeing real, very candid, people are very candid and honest in their reviews because they're either super satisfied and excited and want to tell the world or they're really frustrated and angry and like this disappointed it didn't, you know, fulfill its promise. So reviews are a great way to go in and get some very honest, very real time insight into what people are looking for and whether or not they are met by a product. Um, oftentimes I'll actually even like grab tidbits from a customer reviews and, and let's like, let's weave that into our copy. Like if this is what you're looking for, and this is a language you're using to talk about what you need, let's match that language in our content and our branding and say like, this is what you're looking for. This is what you need. And this is what we're providing. That's why I love like, that. Yeah. I mean, right. Cause like any founder is going to be incredibly close to their brand and has thought about a million ways of describing it. And when you have all that, I call it baggage, it's yeah. really hard then to put yourself in the shoe of a first time person who's never heard of your company before and relating to their problem, because you know, the million reasons that someone should buy it. And you've narrowed that down to 30 that you want to talk about, which is still way too many, but right. what are going to be like the one or two things that you can say to someone new, that's going to really resonate. And I love that idea of going to Amazon searching for reviews and especially on Amazon, you can't filter a brand can't filter the reviews. So you get right. the very worst and the very best. Um, and you can see it all there. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's really great. You know, yeah, it's all the real, the real stuff. So it is kind of a gold mine to do, to do that homework. And I yeah. see it, right. Like I, I, I love Amazon because things are just like over the top sometimes, which, <laughs> which sucks because I, I work with a couple of brands on their Amazon profiles and optimizing those and there's one particular and they have this one review that's like a one star mm. and honestly like it's a mean review yeah, yeah. but there's there's truth in it basically it's about how the product's really expensive okay. from their perspective for what it is sure. and on one hand right like they're using the best ingredients the ingredients are really pricey but this person who's buying is like the wrong person and okay. so if you're used to buying if you're a customer yeah. who used to buying like the cheapest product or a commodity, it might be good because you realize like this isn't for you and it's yeah. not right. Yeah. If, if that's the price is their primary consideration. But for those who are like, oh, I'm looking for something that's unique and premium and um, kind of for that source, like it also helps direct them there. And so I've even seen brands use that negative copy. Like if you're buying this just for the price, like move on, <laughs> like this is right. not for you right. and being able to like directly address that. Absolutely. And that's, you're just speaking to another thing that brands, most brands do. And, but if they're not, they absolutely need to say like, who is my target customer? You should not be trying to sell to the world. You that's diluting, you know, your ambition. You should be really focusing on like, who is my one avatar? Do that exercise of like, what's their hair color? Where do they live? You know, like and getting as specific in your mind as possible. Like, who am I, who am I selling to? Who do I want to, you know, target and who I don't have an ongoing relationship with, who is that person and get as clear about who that is. And that's who you're talking to every time you write any email, any ad, you know, do any kind of promotion. 
And really another thing that brands can do to get into the minds of customers is to do surveys and get on the phone and, and hear people's voices and, and just have, begin a, a relationship, you know, email marketing, if, if you're not email marketing, you know, in the first couple of years, that's really effective. It's, it's a way to build a relationship with, with people. People love hearing directly from brands and especially if they're really personal messages and they, they're, you know, they're real and, uh, and you own that, that, that platform. It's not something that could go away when an algorithm changes. So using, you know, email marketing to, to talk to your customers is another great way to, to get, to build real ongoing relationships and also get the money your customers. Absolutely love that. Christy, this has been so incredible of a conversation. I hope our listeners have found some really great nuggets to take back to their businesses and brands and implement. Um, if people are interested in learning more from you, how can they get in touch? Uh, they can find me at raw-honey.biz. So it's Ronnie Copy and the website is raw-honey.biz. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on today and looking forward to all the amazing work you're going to continue to do. Thank you, Jordan, so much. Take care.